Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hey, it's your girl Candice Rice, a.k.a. Pimp Fry Rice from MTV's Floor, Bama Shore, and I am on Verbally Effective with Ina Esco. We all around Memphis, Tennessee right here. We in the mix as well with DJ B.A., a.k.a. No Genre, a.k.a. Brandon Adams. And we on Verbally Effective Podcast with Miss Ina Esco. Let's go. Hey, guys. Welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast powered by We Are Memphis, Bring Your Soul. I'm your host, your double E, Ina Esco. I hope you guys have already hit that subscribe button on all platforms for the pod. Also, that Ina Esco YouTube channel as well. And you know what? I'm just going to go right into the pod because we are in his beautiful establishment over here at Spotlight Productions. He is an Emmy Award winning three time fi- three time a filmmaker honey he you've probably seen him out here filming at some of the most uh, grand places in the city of Memphis we're going to talk about everything he's doing with the media new media everything encompassing media i'm talking about Fabian Matthews. What's up, Double E? What's up? How Man, are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, normally, I'm in your chair. Yes. Yeah, normally, yes. I'm in your chair. But, man, it's, it feels good to yes. be on Verbally Effective. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I was a guest on your podcast, The Smoke The Pie. Smoke. We we putting some in the air right now. We bringing this to Verbally Effective. I hope I'm still lit. Let me see. I need a little light. You're still, you're still lit, but we're going to give you a little, little, little bit. I need put a little pretty, fire. Put them pretty lips up there. Here we go. There, there we go. go. There, there we go. go. There we go. Okay, Fabian, I've been knowing you a long time. You know, your background, even with the news, your work yes. with them. But we're going to start at the beginning. The very beginning. Uh-oh. Where are you originally from? I was born in Chicago, Illinois. And my mom was from Arkansas, so we went back from Chicago to Arkansas, Chicago to Arkansas, until we finally ended up in Arkansas. What part of Arkansas? There's a little place called Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I know you about know Pine, Pine Bluff. Bluff. I know about Pine Bluff. And my Bluff. mom's from this um, it's a little town called Star City. Star City. Yeah, that's wow. where a lot of my people are from, Star City okay. in Chicago. Okay. So yeah. how, okay, how much of your life did you spend in Chicago? Until uh, I was about 10. Okay. Was yeah. it real fast? Do you remember that, or uh, not so much as a kid? You know what? It was. It was. It was a community to me because all my folks were there. So mm-hmm. we had. We have a big family. We had okay. a big family. My grandmother, God rest her soul, she had a lot of kids, and a, a kid. Some of their kids had a lot of kids, mm-hmm. and so I got cousins and 
and cousins and cousins and cousins and uncles and 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 aunts. <laughs> yes. So I got a, I got it all, but you know I wouldn't ask for nothing more, nothing more than that. It, okay. It, it was really cool. Okay. And your yeah. time in Arkansas in Pine Bluff. I uh, went to a couple of schools. I went to Dollaway. I went to Washington Chapel, and then we moved back to we moved to Memphis because my mom went to Memphis College of Arts. My okay. mom's an artist. Wow. And my senior year, I was at Memphis Central. My senior year, we moved back to this little town called Star City, Arkansas, really? where my mom was from. Okay. And so I graduated uh, high school there and moved as far away from there as I could. I went to Jonesboro to go to Arkansas State. What did you major in? I started out as a business major. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, you know what? Let me go to the Army and get my life together. So I okay. went to the Army, did the reserve thing. I was a cook okay. in the Army. Were you? Yeah, I did the reserve Come thing. On, Chef came Fabian. back, came back, and I heard some guys talking about radio TV. I was like, you know what? That might be cool. Mm-hmm. So the next day, I went and switched my major, started taking radio TV classes. Mm-hmm. I took one class. The guy that was teaching the class, Mike Bowman, he's like, "Hey, man, you're pretty good." And he he's also the um, creative service manager at the local TV station KIT, and he said, "If I have an opening." I want you. And this is as talent or this is on the technical side? On the technical side. Okay. So I'll, did you I'll, have desires to be talent or was it always technical? I was always a shy kid. Okay. I, I mean, uh, I was I was always, even even today, you know, we do the podcast, but I was always a sh- very shy mm-hmm. kid. I was I was better behind the scenes because mm-hmm. I could think, think quick on my feet. Okay. And I was always willing to do what other people wasn't willing to do. Wow. And so what year was that when you entered the media? Uh, It was 94. Wow. So you have seen the whole landscape of media change over the years. I, um, when I first got into um, TV, we were using, we were just phasing out a three quarter inch tape. A lot of people are not going to know what that is, but these big, Big ass tapes, mm-hmm. and we went to some smaller tapes, which was Betacam. Mm-hmm. And then um, I end up um, when I got the job at KIT, I learned how to do this 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 editing use this editing equipment called the Abbott. Okay. And three years later, I got a call from Channel Five saying, "Hey, can you come over and teach some of our people how to use the Abbott?" And so I went over there, and this guy Richard Underwood, he said. Uh, Hey, did anybody tell you about me? I said, well, they told me you're going to offer me a job. Mm. And he offered me a job. Wow. So the two jobs I ever had in TV, I never applied. I mean, I never solicited. Mm. I was called for it. That's because you called. Well, it's because I took advantage of my situation. Mm-hmm. I, I took advantage of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the door opened up just a little bit. I'm in there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've over the years learned certain charisma to, you know, People like me sometimes. Wow. Did you <laughs> like working in, in TV? I loved it. I loved it. just didn't make any money. Mm. You know, it's just like, you know, mm. people that you work in TV or radio, people think you make all this That's money. That's what they but think. They think that. And in both radio and yes, TV. Yes. And I think radio, y'all made less than us. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not a big difference. But, yeah. um, you know, to, to be in front of the, the TV or for people to hear your voice every day, they, they relate that to some success yeah. but it, financially, but no. It's it's <laughs> not there, but, you know, but, you know, the perks from it. A lot of cool. opportunities come A lot of opportunity. You, you have to take advantage of your situation. Mm-hmm. And then about three years at working at Channel 5, I was like, you know what? 
tired of being pimped. Let me just, if I can make this much for them, I should be able to make a fraction of it for myself. Mm-hmm. And so me and a couple of other guys, we started Spotlight Productions. And, you know, 22 years later, still doing pretty good. Wow. Let's talk about Spotlight Productions. Tell the verbally effective audience everything that's encompassed with Spotlight Productions. Because you do a lot. Uh, we do a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. We started out, um, our slogan was anything but ordinary, which, you know, we tried to put our different mark on everything that we touch. Mm-hmm. And um, I was the one that could do pretty much everything, shoot, edit, everything we needed to do, to shoot, edit, write, whatever it needs to be done. I can take a project from start from um, you telling me a couple of ideas till it's on it's on television right now. Mm. So and then when we opened up, we wanted to be a, in a situation where if somebody called us at twelve o'clock at night, they can get a finished spot done by in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we had a studio version. We had a studio. Um, we had a, a real recording booth. Somebody can do some voiceover work and cameras and our own editing stuff. So we were always have been enclosed our own little world that. If somebody came in here and they wanted to, like, if you came to me and you can voice your own stuff, I can get you a spot done mm-hmm. before you leave. Yeah. So that was that was our motto. We wanted to take off and take out any excuse for you not to have your commercial. Like a one-stop shop. One-stop shop. Wow. And you're still doing it to this day. Still doing it to this day. You know, I've 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 worked and met some of the some incredible people over the time. And a lot of a lot of the people nobody would ever know. Nobody would ever know that Denzel Washington's wife, Pauletta Washington, shot I shot her in this studio. Wow. Nobody you know, because, you know, some mm-hmm. things I you know, I know I probably should do a better job at uh at, at telling everybody what I do and all this stuff, but mm-hmm. that's just not me. That's not my that's mm-hmm. not my nature. Who have been some of your favorite clients to work with over the years oh man it's been quite a few huh it's been quite a few um i love working with the civil rights museum Mm -hmm. i love the work i do with the civil rights museum i love it i mean that's that's one client that i move things around to help get that message out Mm -hmm. and believe it or not they give me a lot of leeway Mm -hmm. with their product you know, I do a lot of the, I do all the video work for the Freedom Awards. I don't know if you've ever been to a Freedom yes. Awards. All the videos that's shown, I did them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I cut stuff out of it. I was like, ah, oh, this don't work. <laughs> cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. And it, it, oh, it works better now. So, you know, they, they, have, they gave me that, they allowed me to be that person for them because they know it. I care about the product probably more than they do mm-hmm. sometimes. So I love working with the Civil Rights Museum. I love working with the city. I love working with Nike. Yeah, big clients. Big well, clients. you know, um, one, you know, it was me and myself and Howard Robinson. We did this project. It was still on air, which everybody knows. Is what dude said. Don't lose your head. Use your head, man. Yes. Who don't know that? Yeah. Especially here in Memphis. Yeah. The <laughs> the interesting story about that that was just a um, Howard called me up. He said, "Man, I got this idea," and I said, "All right, let's." Come on down to the studio. Let's shoot it. She said, well, the city don't get it, so we're going to have to do a little spec spot. So I remember it was it was about six years ago, five or six years ago, and my air conditioner had went out. And so we were shooting up here over in the corner, one of my corners, which, you know, it's a brick wall. 
and he was sweating. I said, well, you know, let's make it more sweat. So we got a spray bottle, start spraying them and everything. <laughs> and um, we did the spot. Sent it over to the city. We, well, it was first, it, at first it was don't lose your head, use your head, mm-hmm. young brother. Young brother. So then we changed it to Maine. Maine. That was And funny. that was, I mean, that was the start of something special. Yes, yes. Really they still the run it. They still run that spot, and they're doing different variations of it and everything. But mm-hmm. it, it's 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 been something that that proud moment that came out of hmm, what can we do? Mm-hmm. Because the original spot was a lot more elaborate mm-hmm. than what we end up doing. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it's doing things like that, and you know, I just finished working on this documentary on Ida B. Wells with the. Hooks Institute for Social I Change. That. I saw that. And oh, and that that was seven years of very hard work that culminated into something very special. Wow. Projects can last as long as that with what you do. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I'll be honest with you, that's not my forte because, mm-hmm. you know, I like that thing called eating mm-hmm. and hitting the light switch <laughs> and the lights come on. <laughs> I right. mean, I applaud anybody that gets into um doing docs because that is that's a labor of love. It seems like it. And it like became it. a labor of love because at some point, documentaries run out of money. Mm-hmm. You know, traveling here, traveling there, hiring this person to do animation, shooting different uh, setup scenes and stuff like that because, you know, that era is not a lot of video on that, so we had to do a lot of reenactments on that. It was, it was, it was like I say, it turned out to be a lot better than I ever thought something yeah. would be. And then my name is associated, and that something's going to live on for years. Forever. Way past me. Yes, yeah. yes. Let's talk about, you know, some of the changes that I've noticed with uh, film um, in regards to, you know, how we look at it now. Like, you know, I consider you a professional in this space. Let's talk about... You know, but the people that are on social media are people that are filming things with their phones. You know, They're changing the game. How do you feel about that? Well, um, I don't feel any kind of way because technology is always growing. I mean, I've went through a process where I've seen technology go from A to Z, and we got to come up with some new alphabets to to explain what's going on now. Mm-hmm. And younger people are just so much more creative than we ever had to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're just so much more creative. Now, we had to learn the basics to get to mm-hmm. a point. You know, the young folks, they can just, all right, <laughs> skip all that shit. And that's what we, yeah, yeah, that's what right, we are. Correct. You know, you know to, 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 to airbrush somebody's face back in the day, you had to put – Take the picture, put the picture in Photoshop, Baby, do this, do that, filter. do this. Now you just, boop, boop, there we go. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. And, and that's that's the cool thing about about technology. But the the interesting thing, you take somebody like me or somebody that came up in the, in my era and you like, all right, so let's put what we learned to this new process. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's even better. Yeah. It's certain things I think it's going to – it's a it's a learning curve with people, I think, that the younger generation don't have that we have. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you still got to talk to people. Yeah, communication is a communication big is a big factor, and you can't always meet at Starbucks. You can't always text me, email me. Some people, oh, sometimes people want to see you face to face. Oh wow! And you got to be able to form a whole sentence mm-hmm. in front of them and be confident 
in front of these people. This reminds me of a conversation I have with my 16-year-old all the time about communication. Like, that's the key. And that's what I think some of them may be lacking. Yeah, that's what uh, most of them are lacking. Mm -hmm. And then they're so (laughs) quick to, oh, you don't want to fuck with me because I'm young, blah, blah, blah. It ain't got nothing to do with that. You're when it's like when people come work for me, you're representing my brand. Mm-hmm. If you mess up, they ain't calling you; they calling me. Right. You mess up, they holding the check that's that I got to use to pay you. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people don't realize it's like you know. I had this one guy say, "Well, you know, man, it just seemed like I'm just building your dream." Mm. I said, "Well, <laughs> hopefully you're learning how to do this yourself because yes. I'm giving you the the knowledge to do this and to do it right." Yeah. You know, where you take it, that's on you. Right. Wow. I think patience is a big factor, too. Patience is a huge factor, and I just learned that. You just <laughs> Man, learned, I was, I was, I was not the most patient person. Okay. I really wasn't. I was, um, and, and a lot of it is because this industry came easy to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like it came easy to me, but it's still sometimes I suffer, I suffer from imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Thinking that man, somebody gonna find out I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> I understand. I remember a friend of mine told me I, I, I've gotten two of the best compliments I think about myself that I did not know. I remember a friend of mine, um, shout out to Danny Drew. Danny Drew told me he said, "Man, he he was one of Merrill's guys. Man, tell you what, man, <laughs> yo." Worst shit is better than most people's best shit. Mm-hmm. And, and and when you really, when I really thought about what he says, like, damn. Because there's a lot of times I do stuff that I'm like, uh, yeah. but people be like, man, that shit was bad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Well, this fly is killing me. Oh, the fly. <laughs> <laughs> the rogue fly. The they yeah, they're the trying to get verbally affected. Yes, they are. <laughs> well, you know, Fabian, um, I've been knowing you for quite a long time, um, you know, and it's been here in the city of Memphis. Yep. Um, how do you feel like Memphis has progressed since you've been here overall? You know what? I love where Memphis is going. Um, I love the fact that, we we gritty, we we what people want to be, mm-hmm. but scared to be. They're raw. That raw energy that that Memphis have. You know, I mean, you look at what the Grizzlies are doing. You look at what University of Memphis is doing. We're doing things different, you know, and we've always did different. You know, the food is different. The the, the atmosphere is different. You know, um, how people relate to other people is different. How people you know come and speak to people is different. You know, in Memphis, I mean, you either somebody's best friend or you know, uh, I don't know. I know it, motherfucker. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, you know, man. yeah. I don't fool with that man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I but now I love where I love where Memphis is going, and you know, and I'm over here in an area that is growing. You know, um, I mean, when I bought this building, that it was none of this stuff that's over here now. And it's just seeing I'm I'm watching it grow. It's just like watching your kids grow. Mm-hmm. You know, one day they're babies. Next thing you know, you're like, they trying to buy the car. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do all this other oh, shit. Oh, I'm I'm at this stage. Yeah, I'm yeah. So it, it's what what Memphis is what's, what what Memphis is doing. I think is one of those things that some may say we're late to the box, but I'm like late late to the starting late to the gate. But I say at least we there. Mm-hmm. 
We there. At least we there. And have been the originators of a lot of this. Uh, of a lot of stuff. I think Memphis' problem is Memphians half the time. It's mm-hmm. like if we would stop talking about Memphis, hell, Nashville's fucked up. Mm-hmm. They just don't talk about it. Right. They appreciate what they have. Mm-hmm. You know, Memphis, we got that mentality that we got to, oh, man, this ain't shit, this ain't this. And I'm like, well, go somewhere else mm-hmm. and see what happens. See how long it takes you to get back to Memphis. Okay, because they'll be back. <laughs> they'll be back. <laughs> Fabian, let's talk about the Smoke Podcast. Yes. Okay, I have been a guest. I enjoyed my time. You see we have these lovely cigars, a little drinky drink. Tell me what inspired the Smoke Podcast. Um, my um, business partner, Isaac Singleton, we were, I was at Ike's house and we were smoking a cigar outside grilling. And I had just bought the podcast equipment around the pandemic. I said, you know, about this, you know, maybe somebody want to do, maybe I do my own thing. And so, um, Ike said, man, let's do a podcast on cigars. I was like, well, shit, that's a good idea. I said, but it needs to be me, you, and a female because women make make up 70% of new cigar smokers. And so um, we tried out a couple of girls, a couple of women, I'm sorry, and we stuck with Kimberly. Kimberly is, man, she's she been, been great with this show. We've been doing it for two years. Uh, we're starting to add different elements. We added a YouTube channel. We added, um, we're on all, of course, the, the podcast um outlets and it's just it's just growing and we're having fun and that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing we're having fun you know we didn't get into this hoping we make a lot of money we get into it just to have fun it just you know our our schedules are hectic our life is hectic we just wanted to sit back smoke a cigar drink a little drinky drink and boom yeah that's it and, and it's turned it. into a little cult sensation around here mm-hmm. so I, I i love it you know I love it, too. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the Smoke Podcast. Check out my episode on there as yes, well. Yes, it is. We got Ina. Ina, <laughs> Ina, you know, you were our first YouTube guest. Okay, yeah, because you Good. sent me to YouTube. You was like, you checked it. I was like, yes, I'm cute. I'm cute. We was cute. We lit you up and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah so. that was a good time. That was a yeah. good time. Now, I do want to get into Esco's Pop Talk uh, because I think that you probably would have a lot to say about this. This is something that's trending right now. Okay. Um, They just announced that R. Kelly got 30 years. 30 years. Now, you know, were you a, a R. Kelly fan? Are you a I mean, fan of his wasn't? music? who wasn't? Okay. Are I you mean, still a fan wasn't? of his music? I, you know what? I won't turn it if it comes on. Okay. I won't okay. turn it if it comes on. Um, I mean, because if if we're gonna be hypocritical like that, you know, um, should we be listening to Elvis? Should we be listening to Johnny they don't like Cash? To talk about that kind should of we be, stuff, you know, Johnny mm-hmm. Cash? Um, the Killer was his name. Um, uh, um, uh, whatever his name is, it's a lot of these cats that mm-hmm. like the young girls. Yeah, like young girls. I mean, R. Mm-hmm. Kelly took it to a whole nother level. But yeah, he and he sang about it. And he sang about it. Yeah. R. Kelly, at least, like like my guy said, he told you what he was looking for. He told you. <laughs> he told you. Do you think thirty years of suffice or too much? Um, put it like this: If my daughter, I I'd be like, he should, his ass should be in the death penalty. Mm-hmm. But of course, I wouldn't let my daughter run over there. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, I, I think you have to. Where are the parents? Where, the, where are the parents in a lot of yes. this stuff? Where are the parents in a lot of stuff? But you know, but you you think back, and I know in the black culture back in the day, I mean that shit was happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And it I was say, acceptable. It was acceptable, you know. Um, it, it was happening all the time, and 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 in some cultures, this happened, still happens. Mm-hmm. So, did he 
deserve that? I mean, are we judging? Are we judging him on the same level we're judging everybody else? Mm-hmm. And when I mean everybody else, God's other children are they getting that same that's that that same uh, media attention? Are they yeah. getting that same those same years? Yeah. So I, I'm I'm a father of a young daughter, mm-hmm. so we ain't got what he deserves. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still a fan of R. Kelly. You I know, get you it. Can't. I mean, he, I mean, I believe I could fly. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> twelve play. I Yo, mean, he got a catalog of shit. That, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, we still listen to Mike. We still, mm-hmm. you know, Prince. We, it's a lot yeah. of these people we still listen to that did some yeah. kind of fucked up shit. He probably gonna come out with an album in jail. I mean, shit, I would. Yeah, you know I they got too. they probably got better equipment than we got. <laughs> okay, okay. If I was a warden, I'd be like, "Hey, man, they let's have make some access money. to everything." Yeah, I'd be sneaking his ass out to the studio. Yes, you already know they sneaking everything <laughs> in there. They gonna sneak his ass out too. Wow, R. Kelly. Okay, well, wait, hold on. I told you. What do you think? Um, you know, I'm a little conflicted as well, um, because I'm a huge fan of his music and i have not stopped listening to it right right. but i do feel like like you mentioned you have a daughter if that happens to someone you loved and that happened yeah you know but some of that i gotta blame myself too though i gotta blame myself because i really feel like in this situation some of the parents were pimping their daughters out Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying they knew what was going on some of them brought them up to the hotels and everything and was a part of that network you know, so for those, I've seen it. I've actually seen it happen. You saying what happened? I'm not not R. Kelly, but I've seen I've seen mothers pimp their daughters out like that at really? for for celebrities. I've seen that. You've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen. I I mean, and you know, I, I'm I'm not going on. I'm not going on record to say I knew the the little girl's age, mm-hmm. but the fact that she was hanging out with her mother at the concert and they were both trying to get with the, you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. People do some things around here. Yeah, they do some strange things for some, for some change. change. Yeah, and some people don't even get the change. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. So, Fabian, tell us what you got coming up. I know you saw me, uh, you you showed me your construction plans for this amazing building. Yes, I am I am um, in the process of, um, of transforming this facility to um, encompass a thousand square foot studio that's going to be located on the back the um, west side of the property and you know i want it to be you know state of the art as much state of but the biggest budget state of the art stuff mm-hmm. i get so um i want to put a 20 by 10 um led screen 4k led screen and i want to it's, it's some of the things that i want to do and then i want to create a um rooftop balcony rooftop terrace type I'm thing where like you walk that. off off the second floor onto a rooftop patio That's gonna know, be stuff nice. like that yeah so I got some big things trying to trying to trying to pop off, and then you know I got some projects that's working on um, some reality show stuff and yes, some I've other local saying. shows. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to stay relevant, mm-hmm. stay relevant before I before I hang it up. You know, I got my yeah. son working for me. Um, you know, you? yeah, I got my son working for me. He's he's learning the business. I got to stay on him though. Gotta, mm-hmm. You got to get that that thick skin. I haven't met him. I met your daughter though. Yeah, you met my daughter. Yeah, my son. He's 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 doing his thing. Every once in a while he the, the reality of what he's doing and and who he's doing it for kind of kicks in. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Wow. As, wow. You know, sometimes I think we raise the bar. I ain't going to say we raise it high. I mean, I think it's it's uh, I think anybody can accomplish what we accomplished as long as they're willing to 
got to put the work in. You got to put and, the work and in. And that's a step that some, you know, I think is missing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you like know. they going to skip a few steps. <laughs> no. I had a guy say, well, man, you didn't come in. I said, well, but I'm paying you. Right. <laughs> it don't matter what I you do. You delegated yeah. it to him. Like, okay, that's what I'm paying you for. That's what I'm paying you for. Wow. So, you know. Well, Fabian, I really appreciate you for coming on the Verbally Effective Podcast. I would love for you to tell the audience how they can follow your journey. Follow my journey. I'm at Fabian Matthews at um, on, on Facebook, Fabian L. Matt on Instagram. I don't really do Twitter. I'm starting to learn TikTok. But you also can spot, uh, follow Spotlight Productions, um, M-E-M on um, Instagram and our Spotlight Production Facebook page. And the Smoke Podcast. And the, uh, definitely check out the Smoke Podcast. And we got a lot of other new uh, things that's coming on in the, on the podcast arena also. Try to get verbally effective a new home here. You know. Look, I'm really <laughs> liking and loving this whole environment. Like, you might have verbally effective in the building. Like, really, I'm really nice and comfy You, you, you don't have to be on the spot, uh, Spotlight Podcast Network, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can have your verbally effective. They can be up I in can here. I can come and sit in yeah, and do my thing. Yeah, you can come and sit in and do your thing. Okay, and, I appreciate you know, we can, it. We can, do some, we can do some collabs. <laughs> we definitely could do that, Fabian, like real deal. Let's go. Let's we work. We can do some collabs because, yeah. you know, this stuff is it's a lot easier than TV. Mm-hmm. It's a it lot is. easier than TV. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, TV, I got to think, think, mm-hmm. think, think. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how much brain power it takes to constantly you be. Go by guidelines. And well, it's, it's not even that. It's not even that. People don't realize it takes a lot of energy to constantly be creative. And, you know, what you consider creative, some people don't consider creative. And, you know, and I think one of the things that I've learned over the years is, you know, I don't let what somebody say about my work bother me. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're the client. You Especially if you're the client. Because if you're the client, my job is to do what you tell me to do. Mm-hmm. My job is to to deliver you a project that you can be proud of that you could show people and that could enhance your business if that's what you're doing. So I, I love working with people, mm-hmm. you know, because it changes all the time. You know, creatives are very sensitive. Yeah, shit, I love them. I'm sensitive <laughs> about getting paid, <laughs> about not getting Just paid. cut the check, please. Cut the check. Yeah, the fly. You got the fly. Yeah. Give it up for the fly. Bye-bye, fly. fly. He tried. He tried. That's that Mike Pence fly. Oh, my God. Pesky, pesky. <laughs> well, Fabian, thank you so much uh, for coming. That's it. Man, podcast. I thought we had more than that. Man, we, we, I had you so know much. we do a good 20, yeah. 30. I know on the smoke, y'all be rolling. The but smoke, we just let it flow. We just let it flow. If it goes... Yes. If it goes out, it, it, it was a good hour. Yes, but you have provided us with some insightful uh, info on your life and your journey. And I know a lot of people are inspired and want to do what you're doing. So all I all I can tell you is just do it. You know, just do it. Um, there's enough business out there for everybody. You know, one one thing I did, I came and I created my niche in this, and I you stuck did. with my niche. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while, I got to go outside my niche to make a dollar. But you know, at the at the, at the most, people know me for certain things, mm-hmm. and I'm proud of that. And you know, and um, I remember when I first got into this business, opened this business, I was so annoyed when people called me a a wedding guy. A wedding guy. Yeah, Only I like do weddings. weddings, and I and I don't do weddings. Mm. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with doing weddings. That's just not what I prefer to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be 
casted as a wedding producer. Mm-hmm. Even though I probably could kill a wedding, but mm-hmm. that's just uh, yeah, that's not my thing. And then some people get picky behind, like, which which you provide to them from your creative work, I know. Oh, that's like, that's always going to be. If you you find one person that knows just enough, they're trying to tell you angles, and they're trying <laughs> to, well, you know, make sure you get this, uh, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Right, come on, dude. Come yeah. on. Come on. Fabian, you a legend out here. You know that, I'm right? a legend in these streets. You are a legend <laughs> in these streets. An Emmy Award winning. And what, what is the other award? Telly, Telly Awards. Telly Awards. Telly Awards. And I, you know, when I was working at Channel 5, shout out to Channel 5, I I think me and Ben, the late Ben Watson, we was the mm-hmm. first to win an NABJ Award mm-hmm. in the city. I know that felt good. Man, I, you know what? I didn't really know the impact of it until later. Mm-hmm. Until later, and then I went on to win three Emmys and then a gang of Telly Awards. So. You should be proud of yourself. I'm very proud of myself. It took me a long time to say that. Yeah, it really did. Cause yeah. you know I'm, I'm I consider myself one of the more down to earth people. You and are. A lot of people will be like, hold up, dude, you did what? Yes. Yes. What? Yes. Yeah. You you met who? Well, look, we need to do a whole documentary <laughs> on your life. We need to do a whole doc on Fabian Matthews uh, with Spotlight Productions. Yeah, a friend of mine called me. He said, you know, man, you the video version of Ernest Withers. Okay. Like, what? <laughs> you doing it out here, Fabian? I'm, I'm trying. I'm and trying. And then providing the space for others as well. Yeah, you know, I, I'm willing to help anybody, you know, um, now, the thing about I've learned about helping people, a lot of people only want the help on their time and their terms. Mm-hmm. When you're asking somebody to help, if I tell you you got to be here at 5 o'clock in the morning, your ass should be here. Yeah. That shows you a le- level of dedication. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to have because one thing you can't get back in this business is time or any other business because Nothing. we deal on time. Yeah. That's Definitely. what we're selling people, time. Yeah. You know, wherever that time is, that's what, we, you know, that's what we're at. Well, you keep doing your thing. I'm I trying. really appreciate I'm trying. you. In the Esco. You're doing it. You're doing it. We're going to be working <laughs> on some things in the future. And uh, make sure you guys follow Fabian on all social media platforms, Spotlight Productions, The Smoke Podcast. He got it going on left and right. And thank you guys for tuning in yet again to the Verbally Effective Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on all platforms. And big shout-outs to We Are Memphis. Bring your soul. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>